Can you help me complete this phrase? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I thought that would be more well known. You're laughing now. If you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. I have a sense there was a lot of divine laughter when Paul and Silas and their traveling companions were talking about where to go next and then going ahead and making plans without taking it to the Lord in prayer. After Paul and Silas had completed a tour of the churches he'd already founded on his first trip around the Mediterranean, they decided to strike out into new territory. So let's imagine their strategic planning conversation. Paul and Silas having a discussion. Where do you think we should go next? We've had great success in Antioch, Lystra, Derby, Iconium. All these places where so many people have come to know the saving good news of the gospel of Jesus. What do you think about going north into Asia towards Bithynia and Mysia? We'd be meeting people in coastal cities that are well connected to other places on trade routes. No other believers have been there before, so we would be the first ones to take the good news to people who've never heard of Jesus. That sounds like a great adventure, and I am up for it if you are. That might be a great adventure, but that was not God's plan. Even if it sounds like something God would approve of, our well-conceived scripting of God's plan or vision is very different from actually receiving from God a vision. I love that about the story today. Where that is made clear because the Spirit intercedes and closes the door and the windows and no way out for Paul and Silas and their well-made plans. Maybe it looks like their travel schedules just couldn't come together. The supplies that they needed to make these journeys continually were out of stock. Maybe there were some interpersonal conflicts that bubbled up about the itinerary. Where are we going to go first? Who are we going to speak to first? All of these ways that get in the way, that effectively function as a great big no from the Holy Spirit to Paul and Silas. They couldn't go anywhere without having a vision from God first to go somewhere. Over and over throughout the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, God is always demonstrably engaged with human affairs, trying to catch our attention and transform us into the people God has always intended us to be, particularly through dreams and visions. Yet this transformation that God intends for us is often made difficult and maybe even a little painful, especially when we think we know the way we should go, And we think God can't help but agree with us. We know what that feels like. Come on. We have a great idea and God should agree. 
So transformation happened for Paul and Silas when God laughed at their plans and then sent Paul a vision in a dream about the place and people they were to go to and share the good news of Jesus. Macedonia in Paul's day was a region in the Roman Empire in the northernmost part of Greece. Today, Macedonia is its own nation. It shares borders with Greece, Albania, Bulgaria, Kosovo, and Serbia. And in Paul's vision, he saw a man from Macedonia. He's always curious about how he knew he was from Macedonia. What did that look like? But anyway, this man was begging Paul to come over to Macedonia and help us. So this was the vision. This was the plan that God had in mind for Paul and Silas at this time. So the men find themselves not on a route that they had mapped out with careful planning, but on a spirit-led route that brought them to Europe for the first time, continuing to spread the gospel, witnessing to the ends of the earth. And when they get there, Paul and Silas go looking for devout Jews in Philippi to whom they might preach the good news. And they wait until the Sabbath, which is when they would definitely find an audience of devout people coming together in prayer. This was the way Paul met people in new cities. He would go to the synagogue, go to the places where faithful people gathered to introduce the gospel. Except in Philippi, there was no record of a synagogue at this time. So as we talked about on Tuesday at Free For All, where else do faithful people go to pray if there's no building to go and pray in? Paul finds a gathering of women outside the gate down by a river who had come together to pray and listen for a word of God. After last weekend's worship at the lake, we know something about the beauty and sacredness of worshiping outside, under shade trees and by the riverside. We know about the power of the Spirit to stir hearts and memories of being beloved, baptized children of God as one of our own youth, Aaron Price, freshly baptized, joined us in the wider community of faith. So they're outside, not in a building, out in nature, by water. Paul and Silas are out of their routine, again, because God's mission takes them on a different course. Instead of meeting the Macedonian man from his dreams, Paul meets a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, who is already a worshiper of God and ready for more, ready to go deeper into what that means to be a worshiper of God. The Spirit's repeated no to Paul's plans in the beginning kept him open to being led by God and attuned to being steered in one direction away from all the others. 
which made a way for the Spirit to say yes in the meeting of Paul and Lydia, two people of faith who had much to teach and learn from the other. Lydia was a seeker and already on her way to being a willing servant and disciple of God. Paul does his part and Lydia does hers. Both show up as if to say, Okay, God, here I am. What's next? So that God who guides all things and works in and through all things would be made real. And the seeds of the good news would be planted and nurtured in Lydia's open heart, as well as in the open and eager hearts of the women who gathered with her and Lydia's whole household. Becoming the congregation known to receive the letter of the Philippians, which we have in our scripture, one of Paul's most beloved groups of people who nurtured him, loved him, and supported him. You never know what a chance meeting down by the water will do. And I think this is good news and a good reminder for us who are also embarking on a journey of sorts, working to make plans, but also knowing we can't make all the plans because we're not in charge. As we move into our 18th year of being a congregation created in the imagination of the Holy Spirit, on July 22nd, 2019, Providence Baptist Church turns 18 years old. To use the metaphor of a teenager, we are transitioning from childhood to adulthood. We will no longer be minors. Think about that. We'll be able to drive and to vote and to take on more adult responsibilities about how we will make an impact in the world. Do you remember when you were 18? 18 can be an exciting rite of passage when questions about identity, mission, and purpose for being are at the forefront. But 18 years old can also be a time of great unknown and maybe a little bit scary, even as it's exciting. As we look, looking at 18, here are some questions to consider. How do we know that God is leading us in new and unexpected ways? How do we know what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go and with whom God wants us to work? And then when we get there, wherever there is, what surprises and more questions are waiting for us? Our engagement with and responses to these questions and the others we have yet to ask brings us deeper into participation with the larger story of God in the world. Which means our focus cannot just be about our personal relationships with God, but also about that inspiring, 
maybe even a little nagging call of God to be a community of faith in the community where we live. Because even in all those stories from Genesis to Revelation about dreams and visions, the move for those dreamers isn't inward toward self-absorption and focus, but outward toward the wider world of God's grace through actions in the life that we share. So I raise this to our attention, just to start us thinking. Because this passage offers us, as a congregation on the cusp of adulthood, the gifts of seeing what it looks like when God takes the lead among people who have open hearts, are devoted to gathering together in prayer, and possess a willingness to learn and to dream God's dream so that all the world experiences the liberating good news of Jesus. Lydia responds to the gospel with actions, with commitment, first in being baptized and then by insisting on exercising the great foundational Christian value of hospitality, the expression of God's own grace and welcome to those preachers themselves. So in her own way, Lydia was preaching to the preachers through her actions, reminding them that hospitality is always a part of God's story. This coming Saturday, a space of hospitality is being created for us as a body to dedicate ourselves anew to discerning and listening again to the Spirit of God with the help of another Paul, Paul Rabin of the Barnabas Partnership who will come alongside us to listen, to ask some good questions, and fulfill the role of Barnabas the Apostle, whose name means encourager. Your coordinating council has spent months in prayer and conversation about just this place and time in our life together as a congregation. And we are excited and energized for the work that lies ahead. For this is the groundwork, the exciting work, the tending of our collective roots, so that starting on our 18th birthday and beyond, our fragrance will be delightful, our fruit will be plentiful, and all that we are will be for the healing of all who need a place of shelter, welcome, and a reminder that they are God's beloved. So as we embark on God's mission in our day and in our own setting, let us remember that we are more together than simply the sum of all our parts. We are the body of Christ, active, at work, in the world that God loves. Today and every day, let us commit to opening our hearts and offering our lives asking God where we should go, even if it's to the most unexpected places, asking how we should get there, even if the means come from unexpected sources, and asking whom we should serve, 
even if we find ourselves most unexpectedly blessed by them in return. May the restless spirit stir up in us a holy longing to keep us walking together on the journey of faith as we are called, blessed, and empowered to say yes to God's plans, even if they make us laugh, and let God take the lead. Amen.